it just, it all fit together perfectly. And it has fit together perfectly since Christian McCaffrey has shown up more than any other in-season ad I've, I've ever seen a team trade for. He has changed the DNA of totally. the 49ers dramatically. Brandon Ayuk has scored a touchdown now in four consecutive games for the first time in his career. He's the first 49er wide receiver to do it since Terrell Owens did it back in 2001. So it's been a really, really long time. Debo Samuel, three touchdowns in the same game for the first time in his career. Four catches, 116 yards, two touchdowns in the air, three carries, 22 yards in a touchdown. And you and I both agree for the Niners to be at their very, very best. Debo is a centerpiece of that day's game plan, and he is just scaring the hell out of everybody who has to tackle him, has to track him. You put two versatile weapons. Like, I mean, I, it's crazy. You can take Christian McCaffrey and Debo, and you can remove their, you can just scrub their positions right off of them. You can just call them football players. They do whatever the, they do whatever the coach asks them to do. They can do it from any position on the field that isn't offensive linemen. I mean, Debo had my favorite play of the game. I thought was the tunnel screen, the tunnel screen to Debo where he went untouched 46 yards untouched after the, after the uh, Hertz to Devonte Smith touchdown made a 35 19 and the Niners get it back with like five minutes left two plays in Purdy hits Debo on a, on a little tunnel screen and he races diagonally through the defense unfreaking touched. I mean, and waving goodbye to everybody. And I loved it too. It's like, Hey man, you called uh, James Bradbury trash. Yeah. I'm going to stand by that. Oh really? We'll talk about it on Sunday. We'll we'll see you out there Sunday. I think is what he told Kay Adams. Well, we'll see Sunday. And like it, it, the way the Niners talked a big game, they had to deliver not just a win. They had to deliver a convincing win to really be like, yeah, that's right. We were confident we were going to beat you last year, and we're confident we're going to beat you this year. And if we're back here, we're confident we're going to beat you again. So, I mean, well, it's like I thought it was the way the Niners handled all the talk and the way they delivered on the field was just a – a beautiful thing. You can't you can't talk that game if you lose this game. You can't talk that smack if you win by a field goal. When you win 42-19, you can talk whatever you want to talk about it. You know what I mean? At that point, you just keep on talking. Eight yards a play. Yeah. That's all you need. Eight yards a play. Eight yards a play means you're going to lose, and you're going to lose by a lot just about every single time we play. Eight yards per play. Juwan Jennings, last bit of offensive just the facts I want to slip in here because Jennings had a really nice game with three catches for 44 yards, a touchdown, his first touchdown reception of the season, only the seventh of his career. But Juwan Jennings is just a guy who understands his role. He knows his role. He fills his role on this team. Third and Juwan is real. That guy makes big catches to move chains. And he had a good game yesterday. He really did. Meanwhile, defensively for the 49ers, they held an opposing offense without a 100-yard individual rusher now for the 39th consecutive game. It is the longest active streak in all of football. Javon Kinlaw, I mean, let's hand him his flowers. He has been someone who has been doubted and counted out and has underperformed his draft status since the day he was drafted. Whether it be injuries, hook, crook, ability, doesn't matter. For the most part, the light has not come on for Javon Kinlaw. 
it has come on a little bit this year, and it's shown its brightest Sunday when he finishes with a two-sack game. This guy doesn't sack a quarterback, but he had two uh, on Sunday in Philadelphia. four other tackles besides that. Um, So, yeah, he was active. I mean, let's be honest. This was, you know, the one thing that was pretty clear to me, and I wasn't sure last year after the game, of course, because we don't have that much contact with the players, but it was pretty clear after the way that Eric Armstead responded, the way that Kinlaw responded, that the criticism, you know, some of these guys are big, bad guys, right? And and nobody's bigger or badder than, than Javon Kinlaw. But, you know, they hear the criticism, and the criticism hurts, and he had an entire offseason to watch those highlights, people joking, hey, he's getting kicked out of the club, and and everybody, you know, took their shots at him in the aftermath of um, of last year's NFC Championship game because there were some really bad plays, right, on film there where Kelsey was kicking him out and he he did he wasn't anchoring and he couldn't couldn't hold up on that knee and he just looked really, really bad. And Kinlaw, you know, took a lot of that to heart. A lot of that it was really hurt him. Um he's he is a kind of a sensitive guy. Uh Armstead kind of even said it. He's like, hey man, you know that that really got to Javon and he, you know, it's like, so he came back this year with just a vengeance. The Niners did not pick up his fifth year option that he doesn't even know if he's going to be on this team next year. Um, but he has put together the best year of his career thus far. He's battling, he's staying healthy. He's playing with leverage more than he's not. Um, he, he, he had an incredible play last week on Thanksgiving that led to the Ambry interception where he just absolutely ragdolled the center and waltzed him into the back of Gino and forced Gino to throw before he wanted to. And Ambry came away with a pick and, and Kinlaw's playing better, much better. And in this game, he, he kept those feet moving. He made plays against the run. Uh, he got in the backfield. He was active, very, very strong performance from Kinlaw. And I feel happiest in some ways for him. Because he got full redemption last night. I mean, he got full redemption. He was bad in last year's game. He was good in this year's game. Look, he he is finally delivering on the promise of the draft pick. You know, he's never going to be a star. But he's not Buckner. He he's he's going to occupy offensive linemen because he's a legit check. You've got to check him, and that opens the door for other guys to flourish around him. And the formula, when it works, it really, really works for the 49ers. And this, we need to come back, I think, to Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan, in spite of the single worst, and this is measure, this isn't an opinion. That's the worst opening quarter of Kyle Shanahan's entire life. Minus two yards, six plays run. He's lucky as hell to only be down six to nothing. But after that, Kyle called one of his best games he's ever called and I, somebody even Larry on the post six game, straight yeah. possessions, yeah. they scored touchdowns. I mean, that was, that somebody was like 94 49 esque right there. Somebody asked me, do you think that Kyle was just using that first quarter to set up what he did later? No, 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 no. Kyle's no. mission is to come out and score right away. And he usually does. So that was not the, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that something wasn't established in the first that might have paid off for him a little bit later, but there was really nothing that happened that benefited the Niners in any way offensively in that opening quarter. 
And look at what they did still with 42 points and all those yards and eight yards per play and nearly 11 yards per pass and all those touchdowns and, you know, just just punches and bunches. Um, When the Niners get rolling, they're a handful. And Shanahan got to do the Shanahan halftime special where he scores right before the half and then comes and gets the ball in the third quarter and scores right after. I mean, that Kyle... You want to talk about laying awake at night, having football fantasies. That's always right in the middle of Kyle's football fantasy. I want that wraparound score around the halftime. He got that. And just the Niners are so comfortable in that mode that I think the advantageous thing to do if you're going against them is to make them as uncomfortable as possible and just don't let them get what they want, which is they want to kick it off and they want you to kick it off to begin the third quarter, and they they feel most comfortable kind of scheming the game with that in mind. And I just think that if I was going against them in a playoff game, I'm just whatever. If anything I can do to make them uncomfortable, and I would try to force, I would try to force them to have the ball first to start the game. No, well, again, and the Niners have responded by scoring more opening drive points than any other team in the NFL. So if that's the poison that you choose, that could be enough to poison you. I mean, it's yeah. The Niners got answers this year. They really do. The Niners got answers. And uh they were on full display in Philadelphia. Larry, let's you and I come up with some answers for all these good people and the super chats. I see more are coming in. So uh, yeah, we got twenty six sitting here. So let's get through them right now. Take us through. Um, it's an extravaganza on this. Um, what, what are we calling this show now? Banging moms. All no, right. No, it's 49er wake up. 49er wake up 49er after, after you bang moms. Mom. All right. It's Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. What, what's that? Say it again. Philadelphia. Elite Archer 23. I was wrong. I thought Kyle would be conservative and take the ball out of Purdy's hands. Kyle is glowing as a coach and I was wrong. I remember, I remember. How good does that feel? How does that elite archer? I feel like elite archer. He gave us $5, but I think he took more than, you know, he got a lot out of that. Look at that. It's a man who admitted he was wrong. I I, I remember specifically on Monday when we did a special 49ers wake up ahead of the game of the year, him saying, I think this is going to be a loss. And I said, well, just look, if you're wrong, show up on Friday and admit it. And he did an elite archer. Elite archer stock is going up on the NASDAQ this morning. Look at that. Maybe that's the theme of today's show. Call up or send a super chat. And let's all admit when we're wrong. Kakoa Ace says it took a tush push for Philly to score a touchdown. Coverages was as good as it gets. Uh, Thanks for the show, guys. Keep up the content. Thank you. Thank you very much. Look, at one point before that tush push, broke the the seal of the Eagles scoring a touchdown offensively in this game. The 49ers hadn't allowed an offensive touchdown going back like seven full quarters. They didn't allow a single offensive touchdown against the Seahawks. And you had to go back to the opening minute, the opening minute of the fourth quarter of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game to find the last offensive touchdown they allowed. So they basically almost shut out the, 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 because it was the opening minute of the fourth quarter. So they play, the rest of that fourth quarter against Tampa Bay without allowing a score, they don't allow an offensive touchdown up in Seattle. And the first two quarters, two and a half quarters of, of the Philadelphia game, they don't allow a touchdown. This is a, it's funny. We all know how good this defense is and it's still underrated all at the same time. 
I love, you know what I love the most about the tush push? They scored their tush push touchdown. Greenlaw's ejected. There's, you know, whatever they score in less than five minutes. Niners get it back five plays later. Debo, 48 yards. It's 28 13. It's the biggest answer. It's the biggest answer of the NFL season. It's the biggest answer touchdown of the season. And I honestly think it might be the biggest touchdown Debo's ever scored in his career. What a great moment, though, for the Niners. You go from the place is rocking, Debo's, I mean, uh, Greenlaw's ejected. They think they're coming back. They're coming back. They're coming back. And next thing they look up, it's 28 13, and Debo is waving bye bye. That was dramatic. Uh, Ernest Angulo says, Super sticker. We'll Thank you, it. Ernest. Love the super sticker. Always been a fan. Hutch Serves Gaming, the mayor of Murfreesboro, jumps in with a dollar ninety-nine. He says, Purdy equals MVP. Nuff said. Most valuable Purdy at the very least. Will they be talking MVP for Brock Purdy nationwide today? Yes, they will. Will they be giving Brock his as he some will? Some will. Some, some will. will. Look at it this way. What will your buddy points, Nick Wright be giving him his? What talking probably points? No, probably not. But what what talking points would anyone have to tell you what Purdy isn't? Right. What, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to go back to the three game losing streak, which might as well be a year ago. And by the way, in that three game losing streak, he put his team in position to win that Cleveland game. It was a missed field goal. And in the other two games, even though he did throw those interceptions, he also passed and threw for more than, you know, 700 yards over two games with the completion percentage over 70. If you were at those games, you would claim that Brock Purdy was the best player on the field against Minnesota and Cincinnati. Right. But, you know, all (laughs) all anyone understands are their preconceived notions and who won or lost. So he's losing games. Get people calling for Sam Darnold. How, 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 by the way, how does that look right now? Just close your eyes and think of people who were calling for Sam Darnold. Just think about that. Think about that for a second. He has a great human victory cigar. Let's let that one sink in there. Wasn't within the last 30 days, people have been calling for Sam Darnold. Who? Just, just, I'm just saying. Who called for Sam Darnold in the last I, I, three days? Not, we, I, 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 Who? Let's just, let's just. Who said that? I'm just saying. Who said that? I'm just saying. Who said that? People have said story. it. People have said it. Somebody must be really. Oil chaos says Niners decked in black getting off the bus was fire. Yeah, it was like, it was like they were throwing a funeral for the Eagles. Put on the yep. murder gear. They looked like uh, they looked like t- part of Tony Soprano's crew getting off the bus. More more than Dom did, to be totally honest with you, when it was all said <laughs> and done. I could see ba- Dom at the bottom bing. Uh, Krug and Bruce disciple says Sirianni should be ch- should have changed the Italian flag on his visor to a white flag. Surrender, surrender. Once again, you're wearing a visor. How much trash can you talk while wearing a visor? <laughs> um here we got cryptic what do niners have to do to keep momentum going and not get too high off this win with five games ravens is the next test but even they had slow starts i'll They're tell tw- you cryptic. i think the niners got the perfect opponent coming up it's the seattle seahawks seattle's gin up the blood as much as any team in football it's still a big rivalry and that's a division game and kyle's gonna want it and this team's gonna want it and they're gonna think that they can get it at home and i love that it's seattle up next i think it's gonna benefit them i actually and what's after that with seattle then it goes what arizona 
Or is it Washington, Arizona? Or Arizona, Washington, Baltimore? I don't know well, exactly how it all shakes look out. The schedule here, but see, because I mean, I am, I, I do agree with you. I think that Seattle's the perfect opponent because they always get up for Seattle. And you know what? I think the Eagles got the perfect opponent too. You and I talked about this on your post game show last night for a minute, Larry. The Eagles got the Cowboys coming up next. And the Cowboys are going to have a little bit of a rest advantage on the Eagles, and the Eagles are licking their wounds for the first time all year. But that's the right team because the Eagles are going to be way up to play the Cowboys, a division rival. Now all of a sudden, the one seed, which you thought when you were ten and one was all but in the barn, looks a lot different. And if you lose to the Cowboys, it's going to feel a lot different. So, um, are they going to lose to the Cowboys? I mean, I I, I personally think they're going to beat the Cowboys, but. Um, but a lot of people feel like the Cowboys are better than I'd think they are. So Look, the Cowboys are officially cooking offensively right now. And Dak, if, if Dak played his worst football against the 49ers, the football that Dak has played since the Niners game has been among the best football of his career. And he is an easily over-criticized, underrated talent. He really is. D- Dak is pretty damn good, man. He's not bad at this. No, so, he, you could argue he's getting, he's climbing that MVP uh, conversation the way he's playing right now. I think yeah. that no I, Niner I, fan fears Dallas, though. No, no, and you shouldn't. The Niners have earned that. And the Niners have also earned the right to not fear Philadelphia anymore. But, I mean, a healthy fear. They'll always maintain a healthy fear because that's what good coaching is, and they have a very, very good coach. Uh, Cryptic says, can the Niners also continue to blow out teams for number six? Again, Larry, I don't want to hear a word about the postseason until we're there. I don't. I really don't. I don't want to hear about the Super Bowl or class for six. Just, yeah, I, I I know what six means. You got six more games or five more games. Five more games is a football lifetime. That's half a season almost of football. So um, there's a lot of football left before you can even start thinking about a postseason. I hear you. I hear you. One at a time. One play at a time. One play at a time. I know that's what that's the player's mindset. I asked uh, Fred Warner about that a couple weeks ago. I'm like, what is your guys' mindset coming out of the bye week? And he's like, we're not even thinking one. We're not even thinking, you know, one game at a time. We're literally thinking one play at a time. You know and what Nebo was thinking last night? One mom at a time. <laughs> Todd Mickle or Mickle. Yeah, Mickle says, Larry, third quarter out and up. Purdy made to McCaffrey on the sideline. Please comment. Great touch. Yeah, we already talked about that play. I mean, it, he released off the line of scrimmage. He had ISOed on the linebacker. Purdy recognized the ISO, threw it to a spot. It wasn't really, as Damon said, it wasn't a true wheel route. It was literally just McCaffrey sprinting to the void um, and on that second level and Purdy dropping it in his lap. It was a thing well, of beauty got, got right over his the, right shoulder. It felt like a wheel route because he was between the, the defender's back shoulder and the sideline. Right. I mean, just he found that negative space. And I don't know what route got him there, but it was it well, was like a, a wheel route would perfect. be the wheel route would be the equivalent of the out and the up. Right. So, you you know, you turn over your left shoulder, you put out your right hand, you're running the out pattern. And as soon as the DB bites, you flip around and you turn you put out the left hand and you right. get up the field by three or four steps. And that's your classic wheel. But he, this wasn't a wheel. This was like a free release off the line of scrimmage, sprinting directly to the spot. And he just he just threw it over his shoulder. But it was the kind of touch throw that was beautiful because it hit him in stride. I mean, that's the one thing that Brock Purdy does 
and he does it routinely and he makes it look like, oh, yeah, anybody can do this and anybody can't do that because we watch Jimmy and Kaepernick and others really struggle to throw the the pass out of the backfield that keeps to the runner in stride. And Montana hit everybody in stride. So we got used to it. Like, oh, yeah, you know, quarterbacks just hit receivers in stride. Then you went to Steve Young. Steve Young struggled with it. Eventually, Steve hit everybody in stride. But then you get to that next group of lesser quarterbacks over the last couple decades, and you realize hitting a receiver in stride is an art form that many mediocre quarterbacks just can't conquer, and they don't do it with any consistency. Now you got Brock, and he's doing it routinely, and he's making it look like he's putting that ball on Jawan Jennings' hands in the flat. How about that one on the sideline where the coverage was tight and he just put, it was an out pattern, put it right on his hands. Wasn't high, wasn't low. It was literally right where his hands were, right as he turned around, just a two feet outside the, outside the reach of the defender. I mean, Brock can throw guys open who are covered if he just has a little bit of space. His accuracy in the short and intermediate stuff is really fun to watch. Look, there's no football offense from Pop Warner to high school to college where hitting your receiver, your target in stride isn't important. But in the Niners offense, in the context of all of this, it's built to to be sprung open with yards after a catch. It's doubly important in Shanahan's offense that you're hitting guys in stride so they are just at they're just going full freight train when they as soon as they have the ball. And that is part of the reason why Brock Purdy is the perfect quarterback for Kyle Shanahan. He puts the ball where it's needed. He puts the ball in stride. He protects the ball. He makes the right decisions. And he just does what the coach asks him to do. And Shanahan wants a yes chef quarterback. And he's got one. And when he has to go off schedule, he's got enough wiggle in him to make that play work too. I mean, it really is. If Kyle could have drawn up the quarterback he needs he might have drafted Trey Lance, but the guy he needed was Brock Purdy. And thank drafted, God he ran into him. Hey, drafted Purdy too. Yeah. Uh, this is why I love YouTube because the, the people in the chat are so educated. This is a great one. Jason Lutz, thank you, sir, for this great uh, super chat. He said, what was the biggest surprise yesterday? Who is the unsung hero? Do we have a glaring weakness on the 49er team? Also, who's got it better than us? Thank you, Jim Harbaugh, <laughs> um, who said that, by the way, on the stage for the Michigan Wolverines after they won Saturday night over Iowa in the shutout fashion. Uh, who's got it better than us? Harbaugh was just, he's like the hardest guy to interview. Clatt was doing a nice job. He wouldn't face the camera. He wouldn't give him a straight answer. He's just, he's just like a, He's like a like a like a four year old who's like hopped up on Mountain Dew. Who's like, you know, he just can't st- he can't he's wiggling and he can't st- stand you know stay 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 solid and answer a question and just be normal. He's got a he's constantly pushing other people in front of the mic and he's it's weird watching Harbaugh interact on the on a stage when people are trying to interview him is just so bizarre. Can we be honest um, about who he is and what he is? He's nuts. We, we did an interview with him. He was nuts. Remember the interview in the draft room? Yes. We were asking him basic questions. Jim, what do you like about AJ Jenkins? And it was like clear as day he'd never seen him. He's like, yeah, he uh, didn't, he, 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 here's, here's uh, a good conference. And uh, yeah. 
Yeah. You know, the guy's got, uh, you know, some guys run well and some guys run really well. And this guy runs really well. Uh, I mean, it was like that kind of a thing. It was like, he's a football player and he's a player that's a place football. You could and, tell right uh, away he didn't like the pick. You could just feel yeah, it. You could just feel it in the room. And I didn't like the pick either, and that's all well documented. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, look, Harbaugh's a beautiful asshole. It's who he is. <laughs> he's a beautiful asshole. He's a, he's a, he's a good coach. He is. He's, he's annoying as hell. He is going to get under everybody's skin. He's going to wear out his welcome. For most people in five years, for those diehards, he'll wear out his welcome in about 10 years. You get twice as long with him. But College is perfect for him because they graduate. Right. 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 Players. By the time on. you're tired of his, 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 you know, who's got it better than us routine. You're it's time to move on to the, your next stage of life. But Look, who, it, who's the biggest surprise? Bears. Jason, Jason wants to know who is the unsung hero? Who is your biggest surprise? And do you think the Niners have a glaring weakness? What do you think? Go for those two, Damon. Okay. Uh, so here's uh, the biggest surprise yesterday is the dominating fashion of the win. The unsung hero yesterday is Jair Brown, who got cooked a couple of times, but kept in there. And I just think that this kid who has just been thrown into the fire with a lot of responsibility taken over for Hufanga has done a great job. A lot of shows today won't even bring up Jair Brown. So I think that checks the box of unsung hero in this game for the 49ers. And he didn't have the definitive play. He was just solid all afternoon long, really. And the glaring weakness in my mind, Larry, this might be unfair. You know, I told you that Ray Ray McLeod wasn't getting it done on punt return. I wanted to see someone else. Ronnie Bell nearly fumbled the ball back yesterday on a punt return that would have given the Eagles enough momentum for them to think maybe we're not out of this. Luckily, that ball bounced out of bounds. I think the glaring weakness is punt return on the 49ers. Now, if you honestly had to come up with a team's glaring weakness, Punt return is maybe the least damaging because it's it's such a, you know, of all the plays in a football game, the punt return will probably among the be among the least of them. But boy, when they go wrong, it can really turn a game around. And it's to the point where, hey, maybe just, just fair catch everything. Like instead of almost turning the ball over, you had Ray Ray almost turn the ball over a week ago. You had Ronnie almost turn the ball over this week. Come on, guys. Just just fair catch the damn thing and let the offense go to work. Um, as far as unsung hero, I'm gonna I love your Jair Brown, by the way. Led the team in tackles. That's a great one. But I'm gonna go with Ambry Thomas because I think Ambry Thomas has been, you know, he's been in the depths of man, he's not playing, you can't trust him, bad pick, he's a bust, so on and so forth. Third round draft choice. Uh, you know, Adam Peters supposedly banged the table loud for Ambry Thomas. Um, and now you're seeing him play great ball. And I talked to him last week. Uh, I loved his met his mindset. He'd gone up against Devontae in college, Devontae Smith, and felt confident. He had three passes defensed. Uh, he played with poise. He stayed aggressive. He made six tackles. All six of them were solo. I think Ambry Thomas was the unsung hero. As far as biggest problem spot, I'm going to say right guard. I was was there a reason that Feliciano didn't play? I never heard one given. Um, I uh, you I mean you'll you'll find out more about it this week when you're down yeah. at headquarters. Spencer I Burford to- is still struggling. I mean he he had a false start. He just he's just a, Spencer Burford has to get it dialed up and has to get better fast if he's going to be the starter at right guard. 
I say right guard is a decent player in the making. It just, it's hard to make good guards in this league as young as he is in his career. Yeah. But I mean, they, they got it. He's got to figure out a way to just, you know, just minimize his mistakes. I mean, you're on a, you're on a line where if you can do your job, I mean, he, in a lot of ways, he's physically the prototype. Um, and I thought McKivitz played pretty well at times at right tackle. And I think Brendel did a decent job inside. I mean, here, let's talk a little bit about, I mean, I didn't hear Jalen Carter's name mentioned. Did you hear Jalen Carter? Jalen Carter had three tackles, two solo. He had no sacks, no tackles for loss, no hits on the quarterback. The only time I really, he stood out in the, in the broadcast is when they cut away to Sirianni's like, he's trying to calm his player down. Like that's the only time he really stood out in the game. So I'll tell you, the left side of that offensive line, the job that Williams and Banks did yesterday, that's where so many of McCaffrey's runs went. You can see now, maybe it's avoiding Darius Slay, but Purdy peppered the left side of the field all day with his targets and his completions. So they found something to the left and they just kept hammering it all, all afternoon. Yeah. Um, good call. Ju, Ju, uh, Jubay Jackson. Juby Jackson. Juby Jackson. In a couple of weeks, Seattle can do some of the things the 49ers did to Philly last night. Pete is a good coach. DK, KW3, and Scrappy D, number one spot. Well, he, he's, he's saying that the Seahawks burner. What's that? He's saying the Seahawks could take out the Eagles. Here's the deal. Yes, they could. I mean, it's in any given Sunday league. Anyone can jump up and bite anybody. The Eagles have done a great job all year long keeping that bite at arm's length. Again, you got to respect 10 and 1. That's right. They get the so Philly's schedule is at Dallas, at Seattle. Then they go Giants, Cardinals, at Giants to finish. It sounds like three in a row to wrap it up. So the, the next, it has to happen in the next, next two weeks. weeks. Yeah. And by the way, speaking of the Niners remaining schedule, Larry, it's going to be easy to remember. We're going to give everybody a little path to remember the remainder of the schedule. It's all birds. You go Seahawks, Cardinals, Ravens, and then it's Commanders, Rams. So you got to get all the birds out of the way, and then you got Commanders, Rams at, at wrapping up the year. One week at a time. One week at a time. Mike Baker threw this one before, but he says you two are absolutely on fire this morning. Thank you, Mike, from Thank that you, one Mike. earlier. Greg Argisi says, guys, did you hear? Bradley Copper, Stallone, and Dopey Dom went to Geno's and cried in their cheesesteaks. LOL. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The goat Montana is 100% it. I heard the uh, Bradley Cooper, Leonard Bernstein movie is going to be very good. He actually learned. He, like, took three to five years of like learning how to conduct an orchestra for like 10 minutes of, of footage in the actual movie. So I'm, I'm I want to see it. Damn. That's a lot of work. It's a lot Atlanta of work. three says Dom Sirianni. They are my, they are my paisans. You're so mean spirited, Larry Tate. And I have a clap. Excuse <laughs> me. Just, what, you're reading that in the wrong voice, Larry. Okay. Hold on a second. I'll do it in my, Damn, Sirianni, they're my paisans. You're so mean-spirited, Larry. Tate and I have specific interests. You're just mean-spirited, Larry. <laughs> there you go. That's my Nailed Ralph Barbier. Nailed Thank it. You. That was a good, that was an excellent one there, Larry. Nice job, Larry. 
Uh, big. That's our Trent Balky. Big Dog ninety eight. Dom bang. Dom bangers after every Niner game. I, uh, was that supposed to be mom or da- I don't know? But thank you very much, know. Big Dog. Sure. Big Dog. D a w g. The dogs got left out of the college football playoffs. Uh, Dale five dollars. We only played three quarters, boys, and put up forty two. Just saying. Seriously, could have hung half a hundred on you. We played, for, showed up for all four. What's Philly radio sound like this morning? Elanta says third and Jawan, a man's play. Yeah, Jawan Jennings. Jawan Jennings is just a beast. He could have absolutely also qualified for the unsung hero of the game. Seriously, Jawan Jennings is just. By the way, there's another, there's another money play. player. I don't know why it just came up to me, but George Kittle had a play that was a perfect design on the little pass that he caught out in the flat after he put a really nice chip block on Hassan Reddick. And then he got lost in the action of the, the block on Reddick and Kittle just takes it and goes, you know, 18 yards and gets them into a first and goal situation. Kittle had a, 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 a day that didn't stand out like a sore thumb. So maybe you could even say he had a little bit of an unsung hero day. Oh, Damon, I, I think you're, you're missing the biggest part of Kittle's day. He went two hands on the ball in traffic. He went Larry Zonka, you know, full on. Yeah. Both hands around the ball in traffic. I mean, that level of, I mean, that right there is awesome. I love seeing that. That's just a guy who wants to win. When you're putting two hands on the ball, it's like, you know, I I know you guys are going to try to punch it out. I ain't giving it. I ain't giving you that. Makes sense. Donates $11.67. A very specific donation. He says, Kyle is on his knees praying to the Lord, saying, thank you, Jesus, for your holy blessings of Brock Purdy, who loves my plays as he learns them, running my offense like a surgeon. Yeah, you think Kyle uh, likes Brock Purdy? You think Kyle, Do you see Mike Shanahan said that the first time he saw Brock Purdy in practice, he was like, he knew he was special? I mean, I, I wonder how how much of that is revisionist history. It's a lot easier to say that now, but maybe. I mean, maybe, maybe. maybe that's what that's what a coach's eye tells them instantly, and and us lucky to just be watching types need to to see a little bit more. But maybe that's the difference between I'm an NFL coach and I'm a I'm a guy talking on YouTube. Gold Rush says, "Would love for you both to do live coverage." Well, this I is mean, live. This is live. I, I think he means like you're in the middle of the game. Uh, yeah. You know what? Then I, then I can't sit there and enjoy it with my 14 year old Davis says everyone should really soak up and enjoy these days because of, in the future, we will look back on this team as one of the three greatest of all time. Purdy was a gift from the football gods. Love the enthusiasm. <laughs> Slow down. I love how, I love how this guy was like, he's Mr. Irrelevant. He's got a rag arm. He's dink and dunk. He can't get it done. He needs, we need Trey, Trey, Trey. And here we are. Was Davis not, big in the Trey camp? We're not even, what's that? Was Davis big in the Trey camp? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'll say this. Look, do soak it up. Do enjoy these days. Is this team about to become one of the three greatest? So we're going with what, you know, 85 bears, 94 Niners and this Niners team. I don't know. You know, let, let's find out. There's a lot of football left. You're going to put the 85 bears as the greatest team of all time. 
it's still the measuring stick of excellence that every team is weighed against on defense. Right. But that's enough. They had enough of that to didn't matter who your offense yeah, was. Yeah, they would was, just win. I don't know if the 85 bears are the greatest team of all time, but I, but I, but I do think it's the greatest defense I've seen bar none. Let's not even have a discussion people. I mean, and I love the 2002 bucks, the 2000 Ravens, the 75 Steelers, the, you know, Seahawks, uh, you know, 2013, you know, pick whatever defense you want, but the 85 bears are the standard bear, standard bear for D. What are you talking about? Yeah. What are you I mean, talking about? It was a magical year. Oof. It was a magical year. Um, one of, That's what happens when you have one of the great GMs, Jim Finks, and one of the great defensive coordinators, Buddy Ryan, and all that talent came together at the right time amazing all of a sudden you looked up and you're like well, this is unfreaking believable bazzy Mion says niners dressed in black for the eagles funeral Do not a super trent you played it last night on on your post game larry where trent came out and looked like he had just gotten back from a gangster's funeral i mean he had shades dressed in black he had the black fisherman's hat on he looked like he had just murked like three or four dudes oh yeah let me see i can i can dial up the trent yeah, Trent yesterday had the look uh, that was just, just phenomenal at the press conference. He just, he just, you know, he had the black leather coat. He had the sweet leather hat. I mean, he just looked. I mean, the only thing he didn't do at the podium was sell three and a half keys of cocaine to Howard Eskin. I mean, like he just looked like a, he looked like he had just done some real criminal shit. It was fantastic. This isn't him talking, but here is here is a little bit of the Niners yesterday walking in. And you can see this here. Hold on. Here we go. First, you got Debo. Look at that leather. Did he, got- he ride a motorcycle? Fred. Black, you got black, There's black, Big Trent. Look at that. Black, Look at that. Black. They do. That's that's not coincidence. They went in there. They went in there to put a team to sleep. <laughs> they were they wanted to uh, they wanted to show they were for real yesterday and they showed it. They showed it in a big, bad way. Let me see if I can find that Trent for you woman before we before we move on, because I do want to find it. I had it yesterday here. I, if I can get Trent talking, he was really good on the podium last night. And the thing about Twitter is everything's so deep in there that uh, I may have to go. Right, you're scrolling, scrolling. Forget about it. Forget it. It's just basically Trent Williams is a badass. You've learned nothing new. You knew that. (laughs) There you go. Flav's in the house. He says, anyone know what Sirianni apologized for or said at the end of the game? I assume it had to do with the Greenlaw thing, but, but wonder what was said. Yeah, hey Kyle. Um, I know we got this big dopey uh, security guy, and I know he made contact with your guy. I'm sorry, your best defensive player got ejected in the middle of you destroying us, and I can only imagine that you guys probably would have hung fifty on us and really embarrassed us if if your best defensive player didn't get uh, taken out of the game uh, and your leading tackler. But hey, man, we're we're cool. We're cool. Something like that. I mean, look, Sirianni is right to apologize for that because it was an embarrassing moment for the Eagles. Do we know that he apologized at all? I think he did. did I he? think there was a little bit of a sorry about that. It looked like it going on. I don't I don't know. Sorry about Big Dom. He's just, uh, you know, 
Yeah. What can we say? Tom yeah, got we, a bad chicken parm. He was upset all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Tom didn't didn't get the Philly cheese that he wanted for lunch, and he was in a bad mood. Uh, Bobby G916 says, Kyle got too cute in the first quarter, and that could have come back to bite them. The adjustment, Debo. He needs to run the ball out of the backfield five to eight times a game. Yeah, Debo as a runner is probably as dangerous as Debo as a receiver. I love Debo in anything where he has three to five yards or three to five steps of momentum. He reminds me of kind of a like a, a more physical version of Terrell, Terrell Owens um, when he's got three steps. Like Debo, I think, is pretty ordinary as far as a route runner. I, I think his hands are good, but nothing special. His route running's good, but not special. His separation ability is good, but not special. Where he's special is when you can get him three, the ball in his hands with three steps of momentum. Then it's like nobody wants any. Nobody wants to tackle that guy when he's got three to five steps of momentum. You just don't want it. He's a better twenty pounds. He's a better football player than he is a wide receiver, and I mean that with all due respect. I really do. But he he's is a beast of a runner. I mean, yeah. you, you don't want to try. You don't want to try to tackle him. He's just. He's a tremendous runner at two hundred and twenty-five pounds. Uh, Dale says took three 49er flags to score on the tush push. Yeah, there were penalties there, weren't there? Uh, Flav says Cowboys line went from minus two and a half to minus three and a half against Philly next week. Dallas is favored by three and a half. I don't think they've lost at home there. Oh, I know. I know they're and they're explosive. Niners are 12 and a half point favorites, by the way. Tom Riley became a YouTube member. Little little clap for Tom Riley. Look at Tom, and you too can be a YouTube member. Uh, before we go any further, let's shout out our 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 channels and our sponsors. Damon's got over ten thousand now on uh, YouTube. Just crested the ten thousand hill. Larry, can we can we update you? Twelve thousand four hundred. Twelve thousand four hundred. We have we have added wow twenty five hundred subscribers in the last five days. Wow, that's unbelievable. It's it it it's really something. That's it's this is without a doubt the week that the channel took a step forward, and I'd like to thank the Eagles for that. Everyone came for an awful lot of attention, and I'll tell you what also happened, Larry. You had a radio station drive their audience to me in a way that they should be very regretful for. I mean, that KNBR, after you and I did a video, after I did a video, after the layoffs and the latest developments for terrestrial radio. You were the benefit of the of the of the un, of the KNBR unhappiness. Without a doubt. KNBR pushed a significant portion of their audience my way. And um and I thank them for it. They're Thank really you. they're they're just not good at this. Thank you. Uh, and I'm I'm sitting now at twenty nine thousand three hundred and forty seven. We passed twenty nine thousand on Friday, so we picked up three hundred and forty seven just since Friday. Oh, Larry, I do but, have another milestone to share. Guess what? I that? woke up and saw this morning. What's that? I joined the Million Club. I've got a million views on the channel now. A million. I finally passed a million. Now you. You put a million views together every two weeks, you monster, you. But I, I'll get there eventually. Give me a little time to catch up with you. But thank you so much for all you've done, Larry. You and your um, audience have helped me grow my channel 
tremendously. And it means an awful lot. And with all joking aside, I, I, I really thank you for it. You've been a friend and a mentor in some really hairy times in my career there. And, and it's meant a lot. And, and I don't like getting sincere or being too nice because it kills the image. Yeah. I mean, it's, seriously, I mean, you're fucking soft. Goddamn soft. No, <laughs> uh, no. But no, seriously, everybody hit a like and subscribe on this channel. Hit a like and subscribe on Damon's channel. Uh, I'm at 29,348. We had a 1.5 million views of our videos and live streams in the last four weeks alone. Almost 250,000 watch hours of Krug Show content. And we've picked up close to over 2,000 subs uh, in the last 28 days. So not 2,500 in a week like Damon, but 2,000 in a month. And the thing just keeps climbing and climbing and climbing. So thanks to everybody. Thanks also to New York-style Italian sausage, Marin Autoglass, and Pig and a Pickle, the best barbecue in all of Northern California. Make sure you join Damon and I on the 17th. We'll be at Pig and a Pickle for Niners Cardinals that afternoon from 1 to 6 o'clock. I'll be there. Hanging out, Kev, my entire family will be there. Uh, we'll be ha having some barbecue. We'll be watching some football, and we'll do our post-game show after Niners Cardinals from Pig and a Pickle. And uh, Damon, the owner of Pig and a Pickle, very excited for it. So the 17th of December, join us. Kind of like an open house. Stop by, maybe go do some Christmas shopping or or watch the Niners Niner game with us from Arizona, and um, and then hang out for the post-game. Love to see you all there. So you got lot, you're all invited. Lots of Damons in your life right now, Larry. A lot of yeah. Damons in your life, in your YouTube life. Um, that's going to be awesome. It's going to be a great event. Looking forward to it for sure. Um, and again, before you get to Pig in a Pickle, get yourself to Ike's. Go get an Ike sandwich. My man is trying so hard to feed you and bring Shohei Otani to San Francisco. What more do he you is. want? What more Seriously, do you want? Ike has given up the name of his place, at least one of them. Uh, to Shohei and given Shohei an offer of free lifetime sandwiches, Shohei will make his decision this week. I'm hearing he's the Ike's offer is weighing heavily on his mind. Uh, Greg Argisi says, you guys are Niner fans. Are you guys are Niner fans? 84 Niners, 89 is the greatest. Look, those um, great Niners teams. The, the, the team that I saw in college, though, to me, like just 94. Yeah, I mean, Merton Hanks, that Dion defense, and Steve at the apex of his powers. I just, I mean, you're, you're, you know, which rows out of the bouquet of Niners excellence do you want? I mean, there's a lot of good options there. Then I'll go 89. I'll okay. go 89. Right. I think 89 is because, you know, the thing about 84, Jerry wasn't on that team. Right. Now, so how do you not have Jerry? 10, right. 89 was 55-10 in the Super Bowl. 89 was 55-10 over Denver. So, got to go 89. That team had Joe Montana, Roger Craig, Tom Rathman, Jerry, JT, Brent Jones, Killer D. I'll go 89, but they're all damn good. Um, we got this one from Jomo. He says, hit the hit by Demo. My goodness. Hashtag cry, Eagles cry. Yeah, the Demo hit probably hurt the Eagle fan the most. It was the, uh, he got DeAndre Swift got folded. It, it it wasn't a tone setter. It was a punctuation on an afternoon it was of a, Molly whopping the Eagles. Yeah, that was a good night, Eileen. Man, woo wee! That one was unbelievable, unbelievable. 
Um, we got this one from JR. Says, you guys are now my favorite morning show. Thanks to KMBR. There you go. Um, it doesn't wait, surprise wait, me. Wait, it doesn't wait, surprise wait, me that um, as they dumped their morning show uh, stalwart, we wound up with 2,000 people in our morning show on 49er Wake Up this morning. Well, so we have a little bit of a market report. Uh, market report for you right now. 49ers Wake Up viewers is at 1550, and that's just on your end. You can add another five, 600 on my end, so it's over 2,000, uh, which means we have more than 95.7, and we are completely dwarfing KNBR. I'm dwarfing KNBR all over just on my half. Uh, not even including you. So thanks to Kevin Kruger, the producer of 49ers Wake Up for yet another We're Winning in the Market market report. Thank you very much, Kevin. And I hope, how did he do in his flag football game last night? We got a winner? <laughs> I don't know how he did. We got to find not. out. Yeah, Man, seriously. Lead the postgame show to go play some flag football. I better put up a W. Seriously. I mean, Kev, you know, if you didn't deliver the W, shame on you. Uh, G Martinez says, Krug, talk to Demo Lenore about that woo hit. Oh, yeah, I will. There's a couple guys this week I really want to go talk to. One of them is Lenore for just the way he's he's uh, he's playing. I mean, I, another one's Kinlaw for the way he's playing. Uh, maybe Jair Brown. But, yeah, definitely got to go talk to Lenore because that was a good night hit. And then also when this game got chippy, and uh, who was it that was getting into it with Mooney Ward? Was it A.J. Brown? Yeah. And Demo, Demo came right over there and, and jumped in, too. So I, I, I can rock with Demo, man. He's there for his, for his brothers. You know what I mean? He's there to defend his guys. Somebody, you're going to put a, fa a finger in the chest of Charvarius Mooney Ward, you're going to have to, you're going to have some Demo Lenore in your grill which is he's almost, nice. he's almost like the 49ers head of security. He will be there. <laughs> he's like our Dom. He's your Dom. He, he is our Dom. Dom. Um, no, I, I, I really like that. I just think that I, I would, I would love to hear what Ambry Thomas has to say and what Jair Brown has to say. Jair Brown, man, he's taken to this defense like a duck takes to water. And I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that what I hoped and what I thought I saw out of a player in college is translating so quickly to an NFL career because Look, just because you were good in college, the NFL does not really care about that. You either can play at this level or you can't, and uh, he can. So mm -hmm. I, I'd, I'd love you to talk to him as well, Larry. The other one I'm going to get, get I got to I gotta get the Dom perspective from Greenlaw, right? I mean, don't you think the Greenlaw interview will be a coveted interview this week? Uh, Dale drops you, this you, one. You should go up to him and call him Dom Greenlaw. Hey, Dom <laughs> Greenlaw. Hey, what's up, Dom? What's going on? Or just start putting a finger in his face, kind of like, hey, man. Yeah, the fist what, in the finger. and What's yeah. going on with what? what what's going on? <laughs> Look, we're in Larry Kruger from the Krug Show laid out. The Krug Show no longer gaining subs because Larry <laughs> is no longer with us. Dale, how many legit Hall of Famers are there on the 23 49ers, in your opinion? All right. right, let's. Uh, that's a great question. Let's go, to, let's go to the tape. Okay, so so let's go we, to the depth chart. So legit doesn't mean that their body of work has already got them in. Like, can they go? Is what we're asking, because I think the You're there's saying how many guys four. in the twenty three niners are going to be in the hall? Easily four. Our, easily. Let's go. Let's Easily go through the course. Trent Williams is going to the Hall of Fame. Christian McCaffrey is going to the Hall of Fame. Fred Warner is going to go to the Hall of Fame. Trent for sure. And you're saying McCaffrey, to to the Hall of Fame. McCaffrey for sure. 
Kittle? Kittle's going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I bet he does go to the Hall of Fame. Okay, that's three. Debo, Ayuk? No, no. So those three. How about Juice? Juice is going to win tons of rings. He's a fullback. If Lowe's not in, he's not in. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You can't have low, no low kneel and have huge. How about, how about uh, Brock? Is Brock going to make the Hall? It's, too, it's still too early to even talk like that. I know. All right, let's go. So three on offense. On defense, Bosa. Fred Hall. Warner. Um, Hargrave? No. Chase Young? No. 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 Greenlaw? No. No. Fred Warner? Yes. So there's two. Five. Dude, five future Hall of Fame players. What about what a third amount of Hall of Fame players on a single team, by the way? And Kyle Shanahan, if you want to include him, could go to the Hall of Fame. And Lynch is already there. And Lynch is already there. So six. It's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, go back to 1994 Niners Cowboys, and you had Steve Young, Jerry Rice, um, Michael Irvin, Emmett Smith, Dion, Dion, Charles Haley, Troy Aikman. I mean, there's some. Who was a great uh, Cowboys offensive lineman from Sonoma State? Larry Allen. Larry Allen. There's somebody else we're missing. Darren Woodson, maybe. You say Michael yeah. Irvin? Emmett yeah, Smith, Irvin. Troy Aikman. Eric Williams. Does he, does he go? He was freaking awesome. Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. Jerry's already in. Eddie's already in. Yeah, I mean, it's just. Talent, baby. That was the clash of Titans right there, man. That was maybe the last. That was maybe the the greatest collection of talent ever on a field at one time. It's one of those things you think, was it really, really special because I was younger and you know, the go back to your high school today, the hallways are not nearly as big as you remember them, but you go back and you start thinking about those old Niners and look, so this is before I moved to San Francisco. BY, we've got about BY. There you go. This is happening when I am, you know, rooting for neither team growing up in upstate New York, you got Niners and Cowboys at the tooth of their rival and I mean, I even knew I was watching like Titanic all-time greatness as I was watching it. So, yeah. San Francisco uh, was a ghost town when the Niners played the Cowboys in the 90s. Freaking ghost town. You could go, you could be anywhere. You could be at Stonestown. Nobody was there. You could be, at, you know, Academy of Sciences. Nobody was there. I mean, nobody was on the street. I mean, it was... It's probably right. like every Sunday in Green Bay, Wisconsin. It's like a small high school town on a Friday night. All shops are closed. Everyone's at the game. Everybody's at the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Good stuff this morning. We are an hour and 53 minutes into the live stream. Still on my end, 13, almost 1,400 people in the room. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning on 49er Wake Up. Damon and I are going to be with you after every 49er game. We're going to try to do Monday and Friday. Are we going to come uh, back on Friday here, Ralph, and and, uh, and continue this this fine program? You and I make very good co-hosts. I think us working together is something that uh, appeals to an, to an awful lot of fans. 
you know, Trent, it's so funny. We were just doing Mondays, and then I talked to Tate, and I talked to the good people at Amici's, and everybody said, why don't you do Friday? And I said, well, I'm kind of busy on Fridays, but you know what? Friday and Monday would be great. I like Monday. I like Friday. They they kind of book in the week. You know what I'm saying, Trent? You know what I'm saying? You hear me? I hear you. I hear you. And by the way, uh, are there vegetarian options for me at Amici's, Ralph? Come on, I know deep down you're a meat eater. I, I I can sense it. I hear it in your voice. You sound like a guy who has like a like a steak and maybe some bacon wrapped around it. Yes, there's veggies. And don't make fun of us vegetarians. We, we're healthy. We're going to live longer. You need to know that. You realize that. We're going to live much longer than you because we eat these veggies. My favorite part. Hey, Tommy, eat your, your minestrone. Eat your minestrone. It's the best soup I've ever had. You, you put it in a, you can get it in a cup. You can get it in a bowl. <laughs> like, like he's recapping all the different ways to serve soup. <laughs> you can put it in a mug. You know what I like? I love when I get crackers and they get those small crackers. And I cr- what I do is I crunch them in my hand. I, I, I squeeze it in my, in my hand. And then the, the crumbs fall in there and they're interspersed between the chili. And I really love it. You know, I, I identify an awful lot with Dom. Now, I'd never go ahead and get myself involved in an NFL on-field altercation, but I can tell, too, that Dom would appreciate the minestrone. <laughs> Why is it that there's always going to be an Italian guy, Tommy, that's making us look bad? I mean, it's, 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 I feel bad for my fellow paisans. I was embarrassed, but at the same time, I felt the brotherhood. You know, I, you know, and I told Tate, you know, that's one of us. That's our guy. That's our, But then he's an eagle. Let's not forget, he's actually the enemy. What I love is the reaction of people who know exactly what the hell this is and people who have no idea what the hell this is in the chat room. If you grew up listening to San Francisco radio, maybe you get it. If you didn't, you have no idea what just happened over the last three minutes of this program. And I thank you very much for sticking with us and being patient. Larry, win of the year, game of the year, as good of a day Kyle Shanahan's ever had on a football field. And the Niners around him were just spectacular. Always spectacular working with you. I'm going to give you the final word here on the wake up, but thanks so much to everyone for all your support as the channel's growing this week. Please hit like and subscribe. And Larry and I will have an awful lot more for you individually and collaboratively uh lots more coming up in a season that's still got an awful lot more football in it let's enjoy the ride thanks so much you know damon it's a it's a pleasure it's absolutely a pleasure i I never liked my interviews with you on 95 7 the game i'm gonna say it right now damon you you took some low blows but you went at me and you made me grow you made me grow And I'm I'm better because I felt like there was real growth. As far as Lowry, you know, that, that line in the elevator with John Lund that morning, you're like, hey, did you have a good day? And we were getting our asses stomped, and you knew that. That was mean-spirited, Lowry. But I've always liked John Lund. I'm a big fan of Damon. I like Gerald Hodges. But you, Lowry, I don't know if I can rock with you. I'll tell you that, Lowry. And I'll tell you deep down, I look at you, I look into your eyes, and I say, you know what? That guy's never torn his ACL.